Marx and Lenin all the time. She says, Jesus freak, you're such a fool. I say, Satan loves you, thinks you're cool. I'm recording. So am I. That's Mr. And that's Mrs. And this is Speak Speak of of the the Devil. A podcast on which we just said my legal last name, so let's oh. do that part again. <laughs> yes. That's Fix. That's Johnny. And this, this is, is Speak of, of the, the Devil. Devil. <laughs> and yeah, we have some several big announcements, actually. Yes. Since it's been so long since we did one of these. Yeah. And we keep saying we'll start doing them more regularly again, but this time it might actually be true. Because you finished grad school. I did. So that's announcement number one. I graduated. I am a Master of Divinity, (laughs) which is pretty metal, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Uh, I have not received my diploma yet. Because your school is a trash fire. Yes. Because because my school takes a while to do things. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And and maybe we shouldn't say too much about that on the podcast. Although, on the other hand, what are they going to do? Not give me my diploma because I said mean things about them? I don't think they can do that. The audience doesn't even know where you went. Uh, They kind of might, though. Oh. Given our last episode. What was it on? It was one that was a school assignment, honey. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another announcement, which is not really a big announcement, uh, a small announcement is that um, today is Sunday as we're recording this. And every Sunday, Vix uh, takes a little drug holiday from his ADHD meds. And a drug holiday is when you don't take them. Yes, exactly. So um, Vix is, well, we'll see how we do. (laughs) (laughs) He's even cuter than usual. Let's put it that way. Oh, hon. Um, okay, the big announcement, though, the really big announcement is, wait, no, let me bury the lead a little bit more. Okay. So Vix got divorced from his ex-spouse, mm-hmm. which was something that uh, we'd been working on for a matter of years. Yep. It's hard when they flee the country. Yeah, it's it's not very helpful when your ex just moves to... Um, for example. Yeah, for example. Just, you know, random country. D- definitely not what actually happens. Yeah. So, since Vix got divorced, we're now legally married. <laughs> oh, and not just legally. Oh, yes. Also religiously. But that's... That was a long... We started that doing that a while ago. Yes, we, we started getting married a while ago, which might sound odd to some people and maybe we'll try and explain what we mean by this that on this podcast fix darling why do you have an inverted cross on your throat why not did you draw an inverted cross on your throat with eyeliner or something eyeshadow eyeshadow okay well i just noticed that just now um that looks cute thank you i thought it looked kind of cool yeah it does look kind of cool love you honey love you honey (laughs) um Yeah, so we got married, and we thought, because we did that, that maybe it would be a fun and exciting podcast episode to talk about weddings and marriage and Satanism. Indeed. 
and I mean, honestly, there's there's so much we could say about marriage from <laughs> just about every perspective relevant to us. Yeah. You know, um, we could talk about marriage as Satanists. We could talk about marriage as queer people. Yeah. Um, as anarchists and communists. Yep. Um, as, in my case, a divorcee. Yeah, and also then just like as the two of us with the experience that we've had yeah. uh, trying to figure out this matrimony business. Yeah, and marriage is pastors. Yeah, yeah, that's true also. Where you're both pastors. Mm-hmm, Yeah. Not to mention just, you know, discussion of what marriage has meant in different times and places throughout history. Because it's meant a lot of different things, actually. And, okay, this is just kind of the obligatory satanic gotcha. Um, not even satanic, like any, any like edgy atheist, anyone who's like thought about things for a couple of seconds can pull this gotcha. But, um, in case you don't realize the definition of marriage as between one man and one woman is anything but biblical. Um, yep. for the most part, what we see in the Bible is polygyny. Yep. Um, one man, as many wives as he feels like it, plus some concubines. Um, yep. Typically, in the Bible, concubines are slaves. Yep. Uh, concubinage doesn't actually always mean slavery, historically. It just means cohabitation without marriage. But, yep. Uh, in the Bible. That used to be the legal term for it. The legal term for cohabitating without being married. Concubinage, yeah. Yeah, so you were just my concubine for several years. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, yep. But yeah, so, I mean, this... What has become Christian marriage today is actually based in ancient Roman marriage. Yes. Um, and has nothing to do with the Bible at all. Yep. And in terms of what Jesus said about marriage? Um, well, because Jesus thought that he, the apocalypse was coming in like five minutes. Jesus was mostly like, why are you thinking about that? You need to get busy preparing for the apocalypse. Yeah, like, why why get married and have children when the days is coming? And Yeah. Yeah. Well, why are you spending time wedding planning, you idiots? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, and then, ah, uh, God, I'm not as good at the New Testament as perhaps I should be. Frankly, because I just don't like it. Except for Revelations, which is kind of fun, but um, a lot of it just doesn't do much for me. Um, but you I know, like, I like some of Paul's epistles because he's just like upset. Yeah, well, but sort of the early Christian position on marriage was like, look, like apocalypse coming any minute. Like, if you're too horny to cope, sure, but like, yeah, like like if you're so horny, you need to fuck, then at least get married. But it's still like it's not that's a, not ideal. Yeah, no. Like I, the, we're we're judging you a little bit for being so horny that you had to get married of all things. Yeah, no. You should be busy preparing for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the the type of marriage that you know is kind of the Western modern model of marriage that predominates in the world today of like two people. Um, until recently, always heterosexual. Yep. Though that, that's debatable. Mm, oh? Yeah. The early Christians had some ceremonies that looked a lot like their wedding ceremonies that were not 
heterosexual. Oh, like between men? Yeah, and women. Oh, cool. Yeah. Brother making, quote unquote. Brother making. Yeah. Okay. The church denies that it was gay, but a lot of people think it was gay. Today I learned something new. Yeah. That's fun. Yep. Huh. Okay, this is the part where, like, my milder and always unmedicated ADHD sees if it can, like, be more functional than your more severe and currently completely unmedicated ADHD. Yes. And fails. I lost the thread for a second. We were talking about, like, the models of marriage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, like, marrying for love is also... It's not like everyone historically was in loveless marriages. It's more complicated than that. Yeah. But marrying someone just because you love them has kind of not predominantly been the thing for much of human history. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, for commoners, it was far more common because you didn't have anything else to marry for. Like, once you got to class society and pre-class society, like, you found somebody you liked... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you moved in together and then you were married. Right. Oh, weren't you telling me um, the other day that in ancient Egypt, you got married just by moving in together? Pretty and much. And you got divorced by moving out? Yeah. Sometimes you'd have, like, negotiations about a, like, contract, but mm-hmm. there was no, like, there was no ceremony. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so... So, yeah. like, you set up a chore wheel and move in together and you get married. And then I guess if you're divorced, you're like, okay, well, who gets... The chore wheel we created. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, our one hat. <laughs> Hieroglyphic chore wheel. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I know. That's great. Um, Yeah. But, you know, like, the way that we do marriage has a lot to do, obviously, with um, property. Yep. Um. The state regulating reproduction. Yeah, that too. Um, And, you know, it's been criticized in... The institution of marriage has been criticized in many, many valid ways um, by people I generally agree with, whether from a feminist perspective as being a very patriarchal institution, um, from a queer perspective... And this idea that, you know, maybe queer people don't have to assimilate and kind of do monogamous pair bonding in a hetero way. Um, It's been criticized by anarchists and communists as, you know, uh, restrictive, restrictive, patriarchal, um, you know, intimately sort of tied to property and to some extent treating humans as commodities. But... Like, there's a lot of people who I... Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. I don't have any friends who are like, you two are counter-revolutionary for getting married. Yeah. But we do have friends who are like, I do not believe in marriage for myself. Yeah. Including your best man. Yep. Yeah. Who wrote a lovely best man speech that he did not end up giving, but did, at our request, read a (laughs) very... Funny piece um, from Mujeres Libres, the... uh, Proposal for the creation of a wedding factory. Yeah. uh, Which you can Google and find it, and it is very funny. Spanish Civil War era anarchist piece that's just satirical and great. Um, But for the two of us, marriage makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
emotionally, theologically, practically. Yeah. And I mean, I think that at root, marriage, I think at its basis, actually just comes from like fucking moving in together. (laughs) Yeah. Although like, I'm very glad that I've cohabitated with many previous partners. I'm very glad I didn't marry any of them. Oh yeah. Well, that's because dissolving a legal marriage in the system we have now is kind is of a bitch an, and a half yeah yeah i mean i think there are very solid arguments to be made for like <sighs> extending a lot of the rights that you can only have as a married person to, to other types of relationships oh, yeah. um and making it quick and easy to switch from one set to the other yeah and like yeah no i mean if you're living with someone long term Honestly, if you live with someone for, like, a full, like, tax year, why shouldn't you be able to file jointly? Yeah, you should be able to file jointly. Like, that's dumb. If you're sharing expenses and income with someone in that kind of way. Yeah, no, it's it's stupid as hell. Um, And if it's with several people, as many people do in this hell economy. You know what, excuse me, hell is a nice place. Heck economy. Yes. Um... (laughs) Heck is like hell, but bad. Yeah. (laughs) This heaven economy? Mm, Too confusing. Yeah. This Uh, is one of the hard parts of being a Satanist. Yeah. Um, But yeah, exactly. Like people forming a household should be allowed to do people in a household stuff. Yeah. Like blood related or not. Exactly. The fact that the state needs us to perform a little ceremony to be allowed to do that is stupid um, and it's kind of weird how many like i i think the state is probably a lot more hands-off about what the ceremony consists of than it used to be but it's still there yeah even even here we could not self-officiate yeah our legal marriage ceremony which was like my dream yeah um we we got around that um, while meeting the legal requirements yeah. in a few ways that we'll talk about later. But it was still, like, quite irritating. Oh, yeah, no. It, to be like, oh, legally I'm not allowed to self-officiate. And yeah. that was just so important to me. Yeah, no, we should be allowed to have that on the documents. Also, the way we officiated, it's it was considered a civil, not a religious ceremony, which I find personally fairly offensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, trying to get, like, legal legitimacy for satanism is an uphill battle and um one that is not being fought particularly effectively by the satanic temple in yep. my opinion um and that's also not my top priority no in terms of you know causes to really struggle for but on a personal nice. yeah it would be nice but on a personal level like it was i don't know kind of disheartening to be like cool like our religion is uh not considered real yep um just another reminder of that while we're trying to get fucking married (laughs) um and i think as well like obviously one of the wonderful things about humans is we are incredibly diverse yes we vary a lot Mm -hmm. humans like most humans however are fairly prone to pair bonding yeah yeah even if you have um, multiple partners, each of those is typically kind of a pair. Yeah. Um, even if you're in, you know, a throuple or something, you have one-to-one relationships <laughs> with each component. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, people who are 
you know, aromantic and ace sometimes have platonic pair bonds. Yeah, exactly. Um, and of course, like, the clarity around all of that language is, you know, what's romantic, you know, what's sexual. Yeah. All, every definition of everything has fuzzy edges is the truth. Yes. Um, well, let's, before we get into our experience. Yeah. Can we sort of like, we were having some conversations the other night about like, what, what is the satanic position on marriage? And I think there's a lot of stuff that seems very obvious to us that's kind of worth saying. So like, just starting with like, basic, basic, basic dumb shit. Yeah. The satanic position is that people of any genders can marry each other. Yes. Um... I would also say, theologically speaking, yeah, Satanism uh, does kind of have to support like polyamorous marriage. Oh yeah, I mean, Satan has four or five consorts. Yeah, if you count Payman, along with Aisha, Senunim, Lilith, Naama, and Agrat. And whether you separate the Liliths, that's true. So yeah, um, so yeah, like we. We worship a fucking polycule. Yeah. Um, Holy polycule. And, you know, the four sort of more traditionally female-coded... Demons don't really have genders. But they're referred to as Satan's wives. Yeah. Um, You know. I would say demons maybe have genders, but they're not the same as human genders. (sighs) They have something. I'm not sure gender's the right word for it. Yeah. Um, they have vibes. Demons have vibes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, gay marriage, yes. Uh, multiple marriage, sure. Uh, please don't be, like, a gross poly guy cult leader with, you know... None of that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) we're, we're talking about consenting, uh equitable stuff here yeah where all of the partners are allowed to have other partners and yeah no just don't be a dick about it yeah um obviously we're okay with divorce yep needs to be said some religions are very much not yeah um you can marry whoever you want you can divorce them if you need to yep you can marry someone else it is fine yeah um and then we were talking about premarital sex and premarital cohabitation. Yes. Which I think we need to go farther than just saying that's fine. I think and say it's it's kind of encouraged actually. Yeah, I mean if you're if you if are, you plan to have sex with and or live with the person after marriage. You should do it beforehand. Yes. You you should check. You should make sure that is a good idea. (laughs) That reminds me of something really interesting I read, which was Mm -hmm. that, so apparently initially hand fasting, you know, the old like Celtic pagan custom was not a marriage ceremony. Oh, what was it? It was like a trial marriage. It was a like thing you did, a ceremony you did to have a marriage for a year and a day. Okay. To see how you did. Not a terrible idea. I would support people doing trial marriages if they yeah. want to call it that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I... I feel like we have a lot of things just in sort of like secular modern culture that kind of take the place of that. Yeah. Though having a little ceremony for it is cute. Yeah, that's adorable. Yeah. You tie like, your hands together. Yeah. Do yeah. a little... 
Yeah. I think engagement to some extent takes the place of that. Yeah. Although we'll circle back to that because as we started planning a wedding, I realized that engagement means a very different thing for a lot of people in this culture than it does to me. Yeah. So put a pin in that. Yep. Uh, Woo. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like try it out first. And I think essentially for me, at least, I think that there are kind of levels of marriage. I mean, I agree, but say more. So I essentially think that like as you develop a relationship, if one is sort of treating marriage as an organic arrangement rather than something like created by like a little contract you sign in front Mm -hmm. of the, you know, registrar or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, It's something that grows like a plant and gets bigger and Mm -hmm. stronger and more real with time. Yes. It's like an egregore or something. Yeah, no, I I think I see what you're saying. And I think too many people sort of treat marriage as like, well, we tied the knot, so now we're solid. Yeah. And then find out, you know, with much pain and chagrin, that a marriage is something that has to be sort of continuously affirmed and co-created. And what it says on the piece of paper really means nothing next to how you and your partner are relating to each other. Exactly. And so to me, you know, in a relationship, every day is a wedding day. Aw, Vix. Where you affirm again, I'm doing this. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which is very similar to how I've talked about um, other familial bonds, actually. Yeah. My position that all family should be chosen family. Yeah. Um. And you need to keep on choosing them. It's yeah. Not, it's yeah. not an on-off switch. Yeah. And I think uh, people who haven't engaged chosen family so much or who haven't, you know, needed to break off from some biological family, for example, the way that I have, might not think about it that way. But, you know, sharing blood ties with someone, um, really, it just, it's not an automatic bond. No. It's just not. And I think marriage and blood ties are things that a lot of people in this society really take for granted and don't tend to. Yeah. And they have to be tended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think part of our theology is that things change. Uh-huh. And you're not, like, perfect in one moment mm-hmm. and then unchanging. You don't lock things in, really. Oh, yeah. Um, no, like, this is not a religion where we have some idea of, like, sort of this perfect, unchanging eternity or this God who's kind of the unmoved mover. Yeah, no, you don't, like, die and then, like, sit in contemplation of the, like, big old godness. Yeah, no, everything changes, everything's in motion, always, um, is very, very core to our beliefs. And so if you want to keep on doing something, you gotta keep on doing it. And I think one of the things that's also true Mm -hmm. is when you make a promise to keep on doing it, Yes. like, you keep on doing it, and you take that seriously. I've just remembered something I want to talk about, and I'm very annoyed at myself that I do not recall the name of this text and have not pulled it up. Perhaps I'll put it in the show notes or something. Yeah. But, um, Vix, do you remember when I stumbled across, I believe it was a Gnostic or, um, if not Gnostic, then like maybe Essene or like, I don't know, one of those sort of 
apocalyptic, like, first century groups that was very anti-marriage. Yeah. It was an apocryphal scripture in which uh, Satan actually invents marriage. Yep. As, like, a trap for Adam and Eve. Yep. He, like, traps them into sin by sort of persuading them to, like, make vows to each other. Yep. And I think the implication is maybe you're not supposed to make vows to anyone but God or something. Yeah. And then God cleverly foils Satan by being like, I changed my mind. That's okay. Yep. It was all my idea. It's fine now. Yep. All um, me, buddy. Um, but I, I kind of love that. I love the idea that Satan invented marriage. Well, I mean, honestly, theologically, I firmly believe Satan invented marriage. Yeah. And I mean, it, it sounds like a boomer joke, right? Yeah. Like one of those, oh, I hate my spouse so much things. Ah, Satan invented marriage. But I'm like, you say that like it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, Satan. I love Satan. I love Satan and I love marriage. Um, And, you know, in, in our theology, when we think about, you know, Lucifer and Aisha Senunim as in some ways the first beings. Yeah. And their marriage being them, you know, seeing one another for the first time, mm-hmm. separated from one another loving one another as separate beings and realizing that, you know, love of an equal was superior to obedience to God. Yes. And love of an equal being superior to obedience to God is a real theme throughout, like, it's in fucking the Adam and Eve story. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, And it's in the, you know, Lucifer and Aisheth story. Well, these are, Adam and Eve and Lucifer and Aisheth are both pairs that are originally one androgynous whole. Yeah. That is split in half and then comes back together through love. Exactly. Which is very uh, the origin of love, if you've seen Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Or read the Metamorphosis. It's not Metamorphosis. Right, it we've is, gone over this it, We have gone over this. You always think it's Metamorphosis, but it's the speech of Aristophanes in Symposium. Thank you, dear. Where he tells the story of the, like, weird, like, four-legged double people. Yeah. Who gets split in half yeah. by the gods. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which actually is kind of an interesting, like, that's a very early example of an argument for sexual orientation being innate. Yes. You don't see that a whole lot in the ancient world. But Aristophanes is like, yeah, well, some of these, like, four-legged people were basically, like, two guys glued together. And yeah. some of them were two girls glued together. So we acknowledge lesbians, too, which is kind of big for ancient Athens. Yeah. Um, some of them were a man and a woman together and they got split in half. Yeah. And that's why some people like some genders. Yeah. Though I wonder, because to some extent, mm-hmm. I think the Greek model was most people are, you know, into whoever. Um, but I kind of wonder if it was also like, because it could be conceived, everyone could be attracted to anybody, but you're like, true love was this specific yeah it could be i need to he has like sort of the most like comedic and playful but also sweetest speech in symposium it's really the highlight and i seem to remember him being like and that's why some people like dudes and some people like girls and you know or whatever but i I would need to check it yeah so this kind of gets to like an idea of soulmates right yeah like which is something we believe about each other. Yeah. And we also genuinely believe that we were brought together by Satan. Yeah, no. And honestly, um, 
Gosh, have we kind of like told the story of how we met on this podcast? I don't think we have. Okay, well, let's not put in all of the details. No. Well, do you want to tell it? Yes. Okay. Okay, so, I mean, part of the reason we believe Satan brought us together is because this is honestly like very unlikely and silly and weird. Um... So many, many years ago, when I was probably about 21, yeah, and Vix would have been, you know, 20, 20 um, we were both on a very cursed social media site called FetLife, which is even worse now than it was then. It's a BDSM social media site. And I was in my um, very angry young trans man phase. I mean, I'm still an angry trans man, but I have a little more nuance. Um, I was into some, like, very stringent identity politics. And um, I was part of this group of, like, equally angry trans people. And we would, like, bite your head off if you didn't know, like, the latest lingo or Which I think you guys had kind of just made up. Not completely. All right. Um, (laughs) Although that group was kind of, like or people in it we were like weirdly influential in popularizing some of the language that floated around for a while yeah um like when we were doing kmab and kfab for coercively assigned male at birth and coercively assigned female at birth yep. i think that might have been our fault um anyway vix was um a little less like tuned in to the extremely uh yeah what's the word I want nitpicky type of politics that we were doing that was mostly about using exactly the right language and so I was really mean to him yeah on the internet well I think it was partially because I didn't know a lot of other trans people at the time yeah no totally you were just you know trying to talk to some trans people and I was like how dare you say this or whatever um and what we found out later was that Vix was like man that guy's really hot but he's kind of an asshole yeah. And meanwhile, I was like, hmm, this person is very femme presenting and like not on hormones or whatever. And yet he identifies as a man. Am I attracted to him as a gay man? What is sexual orientation? What is gender? Socrates, what is gender? Um, he was kind of like my little like douchey thought experiment yep. at the time. But the conclusion was, yes, I think he's really hot, even if I didn't (laughs) want to admit it. Um, And then years later, years and years later, we bumped into each other on a satanic discord server. Yep. And somehow figured out that we'd both been in that group. Yep. And Vix goes, oh, my God, do you remember so-and-so? My old screen name. He was so hot, but such a dick. And I was like, (laughs) I sincerely apologize. That was me. Um. And then we got to talking and kind of discovered that we're a little bit the same person yes. in a lot of weird ways, like just many like strange, eerie similarities between us as you know, when we were young. Yeah. Um, just throughout our lifetimes, even though we grew up on opposite sides of the country. Yep. Um, and so we entered this long distance thing and we're flying back and forth from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yep. And, and money kept showing up so that we could see each other. Yeah, like we didn't, neither of us had disposable income for like plane travel in general. But, but somehow it just kept showing up and um, Vix was fucking married to somebody else at yep. this time. I'm not a home wrecker. That home wrecked itself. Yep, that home was pre-wrecked. Yes, Um I was I so sad all the time. I actually started out involved with both Vix and sort of secondarily 
his ex-spouse as well. Yep. Uh, so it was it was not cheating. It was Polly or whatever. Yep. Um, not very good Polly, but you know everyone yeah. agreed to it. Yep. Um, and yeah, then like eventually, Vix and his ex split up. Yep. And we've been together together ever, ever since. since. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, and at various times, just like I swear to fuck, Satan has intervened. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because, like, again, we don't need to get into gory details, but we've had issues. Oh, yeah. We've been through a lot together, and we've, like, and had some very serious conflicts and resolved them yeah. and healed from them. Yeah. We have done the work. And, you know, I can't tell you, there have been so many times when I've been, like, upset with you or whatever and kind of freaking out and being like, oh, my God, should I be in this thing? Same. And I'll, like, go crying to Lucifer and, and be like, should I stay? And he's like, yes. Yep. Just same. fucking chill. Just stick with it. Yep. Fucking chill. And um, I'm very happy that he did that. Yeah, no. Yeah. And it's funny because Lucifer generally doesn't tell one what to do. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes if you really are in a spot and you ask a direct yeah. question... Yeah, yeah. He'll be like, you know, because yeah. it's not like I was leaving no. and, like, a voice came out of the blue and said, you know, Johnny, my servant, turn around and go back to no, your wife. No. Like, it's not that type of shit. It's, you know, genuinely no. being like, is this right for me? Yeah, no, but sometimes he won't even answer those questions. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he usually answers me when I ask them because I'm pretty conservative about how often I ask them. Yeah, and I mean, I don't ask him that often either, but I, I have yeah. known him to be like... I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. No, he does like you to do your own work a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we have a lot of things in common other than our faith, but our faith is <laughs> very important. Being yeah. a Satanist... I'm... And being a Satanist who's called to ministry. Yes, in particular. But being, like, a serious Satanist at all, I don't want to, like, go on some levee type shit of, like, Satanists are born, not made. But, like, there's a sort of particular temperament oh, yeah. associated with being attracted to this stuff deeply. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it is a big thing to have in common. Yeah. Um. And, I mean, our faith is part of our politics and it's part of our life's work yeah like being a pastor is a big deal and being a pastor's wife he identifies primarily if it's a pastor's wife he is also a pastor in yeah. his own right but like yeah but i like being a pastor's wife about it yes well you're a pastor's with a sort of archetypal pastor's wife personality yeah exactly because the truth is being a pastor's wife kind of is basically being a pastor it is and they don't like to tell. They, they don't, don't like to admit no, that. It's, and it's not like it's something you're exactly like compensated or acknowledged for, no, generally speaking. It's because they don't want to pay extra for the piano player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's another reason that marriage is a really good idea for us. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And now we can talk about marriage and clergy. Yeah. Now, that's something with a long historical arc. Yeah. Which, so like... <sighs> You know, I can actually see some of the reasons why the Catholic Church tried to ban it. There are, you know, celibacy for the priest or the pastor. It, mm. It's not a good solution. But you can see there are problems that they were trying to solve with it. 
Yeah. Being off limits to the congregation is a very good idea. Yes, and you should be. Like, yeah, no. Um, I didn't... You know, I know that there are satanic communities out there that are kind of like a free-for-all sexually and everyone's just fucking everyone. And look, I'm a kinky, polyamorous freak. I'm a big old slut and a hedonist. Yep. But the power differential between pastor and congregant is real is real and And you know what it is it's not even just like pastor and congregant Mm -hmm. it's like the person in charge of organizing the thing the person who's kind of like a social hub yeah and who's making shit happen whether you call yourself a pastor or not Mm -hmm. you have a central role and you need to acknowledge that central roles have power in the group they are yes exactly and and even if it's not like an abuse of power thing there are complications. It makes shit messy. It, it makes shit really messy. It can cost people, like, you know... Look, if you if you date someone, if you date a congregant, even if it's a pretty equal relationship power-wise, which it probably won't be, but, like, even saying it is, if you and s- you break up... They've just lost their spiritual community. Yeah, there's a good chance they won't feel comfortable being there anymore. And quite honestly... And I I did that. Like, I was dating them before the church was founded. Yeah. And continued dating them after. But, you know, so it wasn't like I met them when I was a pastor and they were a congregant. No. But even so, like, you know, they pretty much don't come to the church anymore. Yeah. Even though we're on okay terms. Yeah. Like, so... You need to think about things like that. You need to think about favoritism or the perception of favoritism. Yep. Um, You also need to think about the fact that people in relationships have issues sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if you're also their pastor, who do they come to? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they need counsel, like spiritual counseling about their relationship, who the fuck are they going to go to? Especially if you're in a religion like ours, which is small. There aren't a lot of people for them to go to. Yeah. No, it's... it, yeah, exactly. This thing, we're we're one church. Um, we have like a little over a hundred people. Um, there's not like this is not like a whole denomination. Yeah, you can't just go to like the Church of the Morning Star one town over. Yeah, and like be okay. Yeah, like, or like if you were Catholic, here to the one like five blocks over. Exactly. No, like yeah, I mean. There are two Living where we radius. do, there's so many Catholic churches. Um, you're spoiled for choice there. Yep. So To get relationship advice from your celibate priest. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, who knows how good that's going to be. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, no matter how fucking, like, egalitarian you're trying to have it be, which we work hard at. We work very hard at. You know, at. As, as pastors, we're elected and we are recallable by vote. Yeah. Um, and we really try not to put ourselves above people, but we're also, like, doing a service for people that is our job. And we are the, you kind of end up as the hub of the community. Yeah, you are the hub of the community. Um, you know, at the very least, we are, like, the only two people in the church that it's, like, guaranteed that every single member has talked to at some point. Yeah. Pretty much. In some ways, maybe even me more than you. Yeah. Because I do the screening. Exactly. So, like, when you when you come in, I am the first person you know. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Um, so, yeah, there's a responsibility to be impartial 
and there's a responsibility to, you know, treat everyone fairly and everyone equally. Yeah. And also to have, like, enough remove that you can help people with their problems without being, like, overwhelmed by them and part of them. Yeah, which is, I think, one of the reasons why having, instead of celibacy... A very visibly married pastor team. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good solution. And even that's not perfect. No, it's not. You know, because we have conflict with each other sometimes. Exactly. And that can sure make everything tense. But we, I think we're pretty good at, you know, keeping it out of church. But yeah. And I mean, admittedly, I think also because we've been together, you know, we've been together mm -hmm. five years at this point and, you know, various divinities willing Mm -hmm. um we'll be together a lot longer yeah well i mean we're planning to be together for multiple lifetimes so yes yeah in fact hopefully eternity yeah um but we've been together a while and i think we've gotten better at being together yeah and i think that's another thing about like a good long-term thing mm -hmm. and one of the really lovely things about like commitment and sticking with it yeah. You get used to each other, you get to know each other, and you get to know how not to, like, you get to know how to be better to each other. Yeah. And, you know, if if it goes the way it should, if you do the work, you learn how to better tolerate each other. Yeah. Rather than getting driven crazier and crazier by each other's little quirks. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, you learn um, how to work together. Yeah. You can tell the story, whatever it is. It's the story of the, the diva meltdown, the first diva meltdown before the first ever Church of the Morning Star it service. It was not the first ever. Okay, it was like the second one. Yeah, no. It, okay. So, I think it would have been easier if it had been the first. Oh my god. Yeah, so I think it was like our second Church of the Morning Star service ever in San Francisco, like three years ago now. Church has existed for a while. This is yeah. crazy. Four years ago. Fuck. Because it, yeah. It feels like no time at all and also like forever. Anyway, so it was like an hour before service and we had to like travel from the East Bay to San Francisco. Yeah. And like get all our shit together. And I was like, okay, like we need to, we need to get going. Like it's in an hour. And Vix just looked at me and went, I can't do it. No, it was worse than that. What did you say? No, you were like, it was actually earlier than that because you. Yeah. Uh, you were like, well, you have like an hour to get ready. And I was like, I can't be ready in an hour. <laughs> and I was like showered and halfway through my makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So Vic's basically like panicked about like getting his makeup on in an hour or whatever. Yeah. And I was so taken aback, like, cause I wasn't used to him yet. Um, and <laughs> these, these like diva meltdowns, these dramatic pronouncements I've learned, you just have to be like, okay, honey, uh, do you really mean that? And like, and I'll be like, no. Yeah. And, but I didn't know what to do and I panicked. So I was like, uh, uh, okay. Uh, well, possibly I could get other person who was in the congregation who I was dating at the time to do the ritual. And I thought I was just coming up with a solution. But of course, that was like the most hurtful and offensive thing I could have possibly said. Yep. To Vex. Because <laughs> I'm dumb sometimes. Um, and so. I went and got myself ready. Yes. And this is the kind of thing that doesn't happen anymore because we know each other better. <laughs> or if it does happen, it gets cleared up a lot more quickly. Yeah. Have we told the story that this is such a like goofy story? 
but and that I tell constantly because I think it's really funny. Is this is this about uh, bananas and camping? Yes, it is. Okay, good. So, Vix is from a wasp background. I'm a Californian with a lapsed Catholic dad. Yep. Irish Catholic. Yep. So we communicate differently. Yep. So uh, one time I said to Vix, uh, Vix, how do you feel about camping? And he said, oh, it's not my favorite. And another time Vix asked me, hey, I'm grocery shopping. Do you like bananas? And I said, oh, they're not my favorite. (laughs) The thing is, if I, with my cultural background and way of communicating, say something is not my favorite, I mean, like, there are better things in the world, but I don't mind it. Like, it's fine. Yep. Now in Wasp, what does not my favorite mean, Vix? It means I would rather, like, have my belly button, like, pierced with a red-hot poker. (laughs) I would rather be, like, drowned in the La Brea tar pits. (laughs) So the consequence of this is that I took Vix on a camping trip, thinking it would be fine, and it was not. Yep, I was very upset. And then Vix, like... (laughs) Did not buy bananas at all for like a year, and then came to me one day and was like, "Johnny, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm I'm really craving bananas. Is it okay if I order bananas?" And I was like, "Wait, what? Of course also, it is." <laughs> and also to clarify, just because order is a slightly weird, we get our groceries delivered a lot. Yeah, we, we look even before the pandemic, we don't drive. It, yeah, it's and the best at the way time we were living in a. Like, basically a food desert yeah so we got our groceries delivered a lot <laughs> yeah um so like yeah so vix was like can i can i please get some bananas and i was like of course and he had interpreted me saying that bananas were not my favorite as like I the would, sight of them nauseates yeah like you. i would puke if i even saw a banana which was no there are just other fruit that i would choose to eat instead if they were available but bananas are fine yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have some I should use up. Yes, dear. <laughs> you know, possibly we've been listening to a little too much, well, there's your problem. And it's made me perhaps a little too comfortable with doing kind of a shitty podcast and believing it will still be fun and entertaining. Well, the thing is, we can edit it. We can. And we'll see how it goes. And right now we're doing an experiment because we haven't done one of these in a while. Indeed. So, uh, several tangents later. We were kind of talking about the issues of clergy and marriage. So, you know, the Catholic strategy is uh, celibate priest. And then a lot of Protestant churches really want a married pastor or vicar. And it's sort of the same situation of, like, take this individual off the sexual market for the congregation. Yeah. And uh, those those are good – I mean – they're, they're not something. foolproof. They're, they're trying certainly something. not foolproof, but there is a reason they do that shit. Yeah, and I think, I mean, a lot of religions do the married thing. Yeah. Like, you know, and I mean, rabbi, it's, like, good if you're married. Mm-hmm. Imams, it's good if you're married. But also, like, just think about how many abusive uh, new religious movements, a.k.a. what most, most people call cults. Yeah. Are the opposite of that, and, you know, the leader or the guru is some dude who is fucking everyone. Exactly. And that is just what you do not need. That is what you should not do. Yeah, no. Don't have a sex cult, guys. Yep. Just 
don't. Also, the Catholic thing has not worked out great. No, it hasn't worked out great. Obviously. Yeah. Um, if, if you can handle celibacy well, you probably won't sexually abuse children. Yeah. And, you know, even if you can't, like, there were generations of Catholic clergy who, instead of doing that, were mostly just, like, they had mistresses. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's you kind know of, what? Bring, which is essentially the same as just having, like, a married priest, except he's, like, not allowed to say that he's married priest. He's that, supposed to pretend that he's celibate. <laughs> While also having essentially a wife. Yeah, yeah. TLDR, if you're a religious leader, it's a good idea to not, like, fuck your congregants. Yeah. And to, like, make it very clear to said congregants that that's not an option. Because you know what? Uh, No matter how egalitarian you try to be, um, a lot of people will perceive you as an authority figure, and a lot of people think authority is sexy. Yep. And, and they will be attracted to you. They will have gonna, crushes on you. Stuff will happen. And you need to get good at, you need to get real good at being not hot to people. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird in Satanism because there is something uh, very sexually charged about a lot of what we do. Yep. Um, you know, some of our rituals involve nudity. Like, that is a real thing that happens. Um, but even that... You know, when you put it in that ritual context, yeah, I, I feel like my goal with that is like for it to be kind of like nudity in a painting yeah. or an art film where it might be even kind of erotic, yeah, but in a way that's not primarily intended to titillate, a way that's not directed at the audience. Yeah, well, I kind of, you know, I kind of think of it as. Less of a display of, like, isn't this sexy, and more of a, like, sex is good and sacred. And has magical power. Yes. And, and we're using that now. And, in fact, it, like, I think part of what I kind of want to do is, because it the, typically the ritual nudity is between the two of us. Exactly. Um, And so it's kind of a moment between a couple, and I think, so here's a really, like, doofy sounding, or, I think... Or- Part of what we try to model mm-hmm. is, like, a healthy relationship. Oh, yeah, 100%, absolutely. And for our congregation in particular, which is, let's face it, uh, mostly queer and trans people whose parents were not great to them and often also don't have a great relationship to each other. Yeah. Like, when you're queer, yeah. good relationship models do not, like, fall from the sky. No. They just don't. Um, so trying to, like, model a healthy relationship is, yeah, that's important. That's something we definitely care about trying to do yeah. without pretending that we're perfect. Yeah. Which is a weird line to cross. Yeah. Well, I and mean, this gets into pastoral stuff about, like, self-disclosure and, like, the appropriate limits of that. Yeah. Like, how do you not pretend to be perfect and, like, allow your humanness to shine through and share your vulnerability in ways that can actually be helpful and supportive to others because they know that your capacity to empathize is greater without oversharing. Yeah, no. And without, like, making your congregants support you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I can probably share the fact that, like, I drive you crazy by leaving thy empty diet Snapple bottles in weird places, like the tub. Oh, yeah. He, he hides them in every nook and cranny. <laughs> I'm... I find them and I'm like, how, not only why is this not in the recycling, but like, why is it here? Because I like to have a little diet Snapple in my bath. (laughs) 
I mean, I feel like the bath is probably not even the weirdest place I've found them, but, like, I can't think what the weirdest place is right now. I don't know, like, hidden in a shoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... And that was an accident, I just dropped it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is there an empty Diet Snapple bottle in this shoe? <laughs> in this, like, knockoff designer stiletto heel... <laughs> just because i noticed it fit and i found it entertaining is the other option yes and then i forgot about it uh, can we pause for a second yeah yeah because there's only two of us so we can't do the well there's your problem thing where like the remaining hosts just kind of continue talking shit about the other host while that host goes in peace we've been listening to a lot of well there's your problem it's good yeah we should do it yeah i know highly recommend if you want to learn about engineering disasters Anyway, um, do you want to, like, start getting into um, kind of our experience with attempting to plan a wedding and all that shit? Right. So. Wait, wait. Let me let me transition this. Okay. So remember what I said earlier about realizing that engagement means something very different to a lot of people than it meant to me? Mm-hmm. Well, as we, um, as we ventured into this, like, we think we're going to have a wedding with, like, I mean, not huge, but like 60 guests, and now we've got to talk to vendors and all this stuff. Yep. We realized that for a lot of people, I think like especially like sort of um, middle-class-ish heterosexual people. Yeah. Getting engaged means like now we're starting the wedding planning. Yeah. Like engagement is not so much a trial marriage as like... He's got me the ring, he's popped the question, and now we're talking to three million vendors and arguing about the budget and freaking out about dresses and cakes yeah. and venues. And, and so instead of like living together for a while and seeing how you do with combined finances, mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're putting down a huge amount of money in deposit to have mm -hmm. a wedding and... Well, mm -hmm. on the one hand, the planning stage could be a trial marriage in that it's a trial. It's a trial by fire. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, you've also, like, put down a lot of money on the wedding, and if you back out now, you're not getting depo your deposits back. You know, honestly, like, Vix, you know I'm an edgy boy. Yes. And you know I try to, like, ameliorate my edgy boy who read a lot of Nietzsche at one point tendencies? And, like, be less judgmental these days. Yes, sweetness. And be like, okay, like, some Christians are fine. Like, a lot of Christians are fine, actually. Fine. And, you know, maybe the institution of marriage isn't all bad. And I've always said I fucking hate weddings. But, like, I try not to be a dick about that. I try to, like... Yeah. I try to keep an open mind. But honestly, the experience of, like, contact with the wedding industry was one of those things that was just, like, Satanism intensifies! Just, like, becoming, like, virulently, like, oh my god, like, disavow Christ and destroy the institution of marriage. Like, just <laughs> flames on the side of my face. This shit's crazy. Yeah, no, well, the thing is, <sighs> so, the thing about having a wedding with, like, the kind of number of guests you have at a wedding typically even if it's a small wedding yeah which 60 people apparently is it's yeah. like quite a small wedding mm -hmm. um is you have never had a party with 60 people in your life i'm guessing or you know 
if you did, it was like a some backyard like, barbecue. Yeah, or like a kegger, like some fucking like disaster, like college rager, where it was mainly about making sure there was enough booze and, and like maybe ordering like, a bunch of pizzas. Yeah, and exactly. everybody chipped in for the pizzas. Exactly. Um, whereas a wedding, so it's an event where you have like things that need to happen on a schedule. Mm-hmm. If you want to do things like a ceremony and a first dance and it cake and a cake dinner yeah no speeches there's all these traditions you have your venue for like a limited amount of time yeah that you have paid out the anus for yeah and if you don't want to get hit with late fees that shit all needs to run on schedule yeah and i mean even if you don't want even if it's not about the late fees like you know if you want to make sure that like aunt gretchen gets her dinner before it gets freezing cold if you want to get out of there while you still have even a spark of fire in your loins to have a proper fucking consummation and wedding night you don't want it to run too far behind yeah i'm just saying well the thing is it's not just about like running behind it's about making sure everyone is where they need to be at certain times yeah exactly because it's not just it's not just like getting in and out it's like you know, well, at 3 p.m., the ring bearer needs to move from point A to point B. Like, you have, like, a little map with flags on it. Yeah, you kept saying it's like planning a military campaign. And basically you are. And? It's a military com- campaign in formal clothes. Often in, like, shades of pastels. With a photographer. And, and, like, a cake that can melt. And for some reason, the, like, weird bluish-purple lighting that everyone seems to want to have for the dance party part. Yeah. Which is really ugly, but everyone fucking does it. Yeah, no, I don't know why you, like, light up the historic house you've rented for the day, like a nightclub. Or, like, the Marriott Ballroom. Yeah, Even no. worse. Yeah. Like. Yeah, um, it all adds up so fucking quickly. And. Yeah, feeding 60 people that's money, honey. Yeah, catering is, you know what, catering was the thing that, that like, broke us, honestly. Um, and, you know, it was, it was funny, because we were trying to figure out how to do this, and it's like we were these, like, satanic aliens from another planet. Yeah. Like, trying to figure out how people have a wedding, so, of course, we watched a lot of really bad, like, wedding reality TV, which is a thing, by the way, and it's fascinating, and you should check it out. It's fun. Terrible. If you love trash, it's great. Which um, we do. But yeah, like, and we were given kind of a a healthy budget um, yeah. by Vix's very lovely and somewhat fancy parents. Yep. Holy fuck, that shit was going to go fast. Yeah, it was. By the way, if you're interested for anyone listening to this, because I did ask them just for the hell of it, if you want Twin Temple to fly out and play an event, that will be 20K. Yep. Which was too much. Yeah. But I did ask, which I think was ballsy of me. Yes, and I'm very I glad you did. I just cold emailed the Twin Temple booking agent to ask them if they would play our wedding. Yeah. And how much that would cost. So, yeah, um, shit is expensive. We had, I think what I learned after doing some research, I thought it was a huge amount of money. I think it's like a mid-tier budget. It's considered about average. Admittedly, mm-hmm. so the median... Mm-hmm. Which I forget what what is the fucking median? Mean median. I don't know. I don't fucking Mode. know math. Neither do I. So average in the U.S. is like 
34,000, but then the median is 14,000. And I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, I, I think, <laughs> never mind. I don't know. I'm a you himbo. Go- I would assume that 14,000 is the one that most people actually spend closer to. Yeah. And that the average was thrown off by the people who spend like, you know, a ridiculous $500,000 to like have, you know, a toucan on their head for the day or whatever. Yeah. People do weird things. People do some seriously weird things. Yeah. Well, I now understand like one of the reasons I always hated weddings is because they reliably drive people insane and make them act like assholes. But now I understand why. Yeah, and the thing is... It's not just because, like, oh, you want to have your special day or whatever, and you're acting like a fucking... Yeah, no, it's because Meemaw... Psycho monster. It's because, like, where's Meemaw's chair? Meemaw has a bad hip and will die in the heat if we don't have a chair for her. Yeah, no, um, like, it is so much stress, and it is so much money, and it is a science of a thousand details. Yeah. And, like, and wedding vendors are weird. And, like, in some ways, they're kind of, like, lovely to interact with. Like, the ones we, like, going to a bridal boutique is just kind of fun. Yep, going to a bridal boutique, going to a cake tasting. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm kind of sad we didn't get to the point of tastings with caterers, because... That would have been fun. I bet we would have had a really good time. Yeah, but, like... So, like, they're trying to make it really, really nice and make you feel very special. Uh Uh-huh. Which is fun. And everything's, like, trying to be very pretty and wedding-y and sometimes in, like, a really horrifying, chuggy way. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of weddings are like. But then at the same... It's almost like you're being gaslit by all this loveliness. Yeah. Because they're also, like, just trying to shaft you a lot of the time. Like, some of them are nice. Some of them aren't trying to shaft you. A lot of them are. Yeah. Like... At the fucking bridal boutique that we went to. When we were looking for bridal accessories. Yeah, when we were looking for bridal jewelry, they were charging... $200 for a tiara that is literally... $15 on Amazon. It is the same exact tiara. Yep. Marked up to $200. And... The the little fake gems are put on with hot glue and you can see it. Yeah. $200. Yep. Like... In the bridal boutique. And I'm like, I'm not paying $200 for hot glue. Right. Assembled likely in a sweatshop. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, So it all adds up so fast. And the entire culture around it is so crazy. And um, eventually one night, I think after the caterer that Vix was talking to said that their minimum charge was $20,000. One of the caterers. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one that was nice because it was very all-inclusive was like, you know, a hundred a plate. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, I kind of had a meltdown and I was like, I am sorry, I do not want to have a wedding. And then Vix was like, wait, I don't really want to have like a wedding wedding either. Yep. I was doing this because I thought you wanted it for some reason. <laughs> and I was like, no, I thought you were the one who was really into this. And um, essentially we eloped. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so what I thought had happened was I thought you wanted a bunch of guests. And I thought that what I wanted was like the fancy details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. A party with a bunch of guests is something I love, but you know what? I think I would rather have that be any party other than a fucking wedding. Yeah, and you know what? I think maybe having 60 guests at one time... Is a little crazy. Yeah, and yeah. actually, another thing I learned mm-hmm. in researching weddings... Um, so the traditional honeymoon trip 
mm-hmm. was visiting the people who couldn't be at the wedding. Ha! Huh. Well, we might end up essentially doing that. Yeah, and I think that'll be lovely. Yeah. Because then you actually get to talk to everyone. So we basically figured out that we both would rather elope. And then we had a brief moment of realizing that there is now also an elopement industry. Of course. Which is like the most insane thing in the world. Just just Google it. Like, I guess an elopement is now what they call a wedding with like 10 guests. Well, no, because that's also, then there's the micro wedding. Is that a, okay, well, sometimes they call that an elopement, some, whatever. Yeah. It's dumb. Um, Thanks, pandemic. Yeah. It, by the way, the Satanic Temple in Salem can do elopements, but not weddings, presumably because the venue is small. Yep. So they simply cannot host yeah. a fucking and also, wedding. And also don't support them, please. Yeah, I mean, I don't support them, but I, I just think that that's kind of like... Yeah, well, of course they need to get their little bite of the wedding industry. They do, but there's part of me that doesn't hate it, and I'll tell you why. Okay, baby. It is a little bit cute that there is this weird precedent that has been created for elopement being kind of extra satanic. Yeah. Because elopement has a little bit of a rebellious ring, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't I don't completely hate that. I, I do completely hate Lucian Greaves and a lot of the other leadership of the Satanic Temple. Yeah. But there's part of me that's like, eh, that's kind of cute. Like, I think about some of the people who are going and having elopements there. Yeah. And they, like, don't know all the problems with the leadership. Yeah. And I'm like, some of those people are adorable, right? Oh, yeah. You know? And I hope they have a great time. Yeah. Even though I wish they wouldn't financially support the Satanic Temple. Yeah, especially with what they're fucking charging. Oh, did you look at what they were charging? What are they fucking charging? It's like $4,000, baby. I'm just kidding. That's not cute. Fuck them. It's not cute at all. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, our venue was going to be like $1,600. As Queer Satanic on Twitter tweets out pretty much every day, today is a good day for the Satanic Temple to release its finances. Yep. So, what we did, it was, um... It was a multi-step process. Yeah. So we decided that we were going to do our religious ceremony and have that be just the two of us. Yep. And honestly, to a certain extent, y'all listening to this podcast don't need to know the details. Yep. Because when, you know, the two of us really talked about it and looked into our hearts, um, essentially doing some weird sex magic after making our vows uh, and also blood magic. Yep. Was what we wanted to do. And I've always wanted to self-officiate. Okay, if any of you have seen the film Natural Born Killers, the completely not legal self-officiated wedding ceremony in that, where it's just Nikki and Mallory pulled over by the side of the road, um, like standing on this bridge, calling it their church, um, you know, cutting their hands to become like blood siblings, and then saying some like very sort of... uh, halting off the cuff vows that was always like the most romantic shit i've ever seen i know i'm edgy and problematic but i love that scene and you know mickey says like by the power vested in me as god of my world i now pronounce us man and wife um and i love that part um you also love urban grandier yes uh urban grandier who was uh uh, unfortunately burned at the stake because an entire convent full of nuns, um, accused him of causing them to become possessed. And also because of politics around a city wall. Yeah, it was, it, uh, read The Devils of Ludon by, uh, 
Aldous Huxley, right? Yeah. Or watch the Ken Russell film, The Devils, to find out more about this guy. He was a bit of a bastard, but interesting guy. He was a, a Catholic priest, and he was against celibacy and in favor of marriage for priests. And he got married in secret in yep. a ceremony he officiated. And I also always thought that was pretty badass, just this Catholic priest, like... yeah completely blasphemously getting married in the dead of night in his cathedral to this you know woman who was his mistress yep um love that shit very so yeah we had this little secretive um bloody highly sexual and a very sweet self-officiated religious ceremony yep the day before and then um the day of we had done paperwork so that my best man slash brother from another mother oleander could be our officiant yep and we had basically vix's immediate family over plus vix's best man and the best man's girlfriend yep and that was it it was like nine people including us yep it was perfect um with like vix's grandma like facetiming in for a couple of seconds at an awkward moment but that was cute that was good um vix had the dress he looked stunning he had this amazing cathedral length veil with a blusher the dress was red it's the (laughs) most incredible dress you've ever seen like (laughs) When he walks into the room and that, it's like Jessica Rabbit. Like it's, oh, baby. It's Babylon. It is the Scarlet Drag Queen, which oh, is God. like Scarlet Woman. I don't know if that joke landed for some of our listeners. Um, Just incredible. He had this gold, like, halo headdress. With inverted crosses hanging from it. Yeah. Um, I was in a nice suit. Um, I also looked good. Let you the record looked show. so good. He looked like... You don't have to go into my outfit. It's not as interesting when described, I don't think. But I looked really good. You looked fucking fantastic, and I had made you a little boutonniere. Yes. Um, we had a fuckload of flowers crammed into our living room. Um, we did the ceremony in front of our living room altar that has a big old bath bed on it, among yep. many other things. Um, the ceremony consisted of this thing we call the Massive Apotheosis, which is sort of a reenactment of the... Adam and Eve and the serpent story. Yeah. And it's essentially satanic communion with fruit. Yep. Um, so, you know, the serpent asks Eve if she will be as God knowing good and evil. And Eve says yes. And the serpent hands her the fruit and she eats it. And the serpent says thou art God. And then she turns around and gives it to Adam. And he says thou art God. And then, or she says thou art God to him. Yep. And then Adam passes it to like the first person in the audience. And, and it goes around the fruit, thou art God, all the way back to the serpent, who takes communion last. Um, and so, yeah, Oleander was the serpent for us as yeah. our officiant. Um, and, you know, then we sort of, like, reaffirmed vows. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was great. We handed Vix's um, RD brother a little Instax camera. Yep. He took a bunch of photos of us, which... Um, the whole family looked at them and were like, this is so, like, California 70s Satanism. Yep. Which kind of is our vibe. Very um, much so. Yeah, his spooky little Instax photos instead of a professional photographer, plus yep. whatever people took on their phones. Yep. Um, My only regret is not getting more photos of the bouquet and the flowers. No. I'm sorry, baby. And we had a lovely cake. It had inverted crosses on it. We had 
We do have lovely photos of the cake. Yeah, it was from a Sin Bakery. Yep. In Providence, which is a lovely bakery with a very appropriate fortuitous name. name. Yes. And its logo was a little like red cake with devil horns. Doesn't have like a little devil tail. I think so, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's an adorable logo, very on brand for us. And they made us this cake that's it was essentially in trans pride colors. I don't know if that's what you were going for it intentionally. Was... But it was so trans looking I was and it had go- inverted crosses on it. <laughs> I was just going for like John Waters. No, bitch, that was pink, white, and blue. It- that was an extremely trans looking cake. Did you not notice that until now? Yeah, no, I I ordered aqua, not blue. Yeah, well, it, it came out looking pretty trans. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, that was not even my plan. Yeah. And uh, then we just all went out to dinner afterwards and, you know. And I got an award-winning chicken dish at a fancy little restaurant that we all went to. No, it was lovely. Yeah, it was so nice. There was best man speeches and the best man reading the uh, proposal for a wedding factory, Mujeres Libres piece that we talked about earlier. Yep. Um, It was just, it was great. It was adorable. And you know what? As small and as simple as that was, by the end of the night, I was so fucking tired. You know, that was... And a... so fucking glad we hadn't had a party with 60 guests. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, getting the living room and the house decorated for that was insane. Getting the house clean for that, you know. I yeah. mean, in some ways, we were probably a little more exhausted because we DIY'd a lot of stuff. Like, Vix did all of the floral arrangements himself. But the thing is, if you want a lot of flowers and you don't want to spend, you know, an insane amount of money. It's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So now we're here recording this podcast, looking at the last of the leftover flowers, of which there's still a ton. Yep. Um. And we're married. We're <sighs> fucking married. Legally and in the eyes of Satan. Yep. And I also think that our... Like, going through the Klippa together was mm. also... Yeah, um, several of those Klippotic, if I may say, yeah. initiations were, like, increasingly marriage-like. Yep. And so we kept, like, joking, like, oh, we just got married again. Yep, or more married. Yeah, we got more married. Marriage intensifies. Um, yeah, and honestly, like, if you're thinking about getting married... And, like, it's not urgent to get the legalities out of the way. Like, honestly, doing that before you tie the knot, I I think it's a, I think that going through the tree together is a great way to solidify a relationship. It is, and it's also a great way to do the self-work. Yep. That you should have done as you enter a serious, lifelong partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Do the great work together. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I always... My favorite AA cliche, which I've taken on as a magical maxim, is if it ain't practical, it ain't spiritual, you know? Ain't it? The point of all of this esoteric woo-woo shit should be, at the very least, to make you a happier, more self-aware, more functional, just better human being. Yeah. And doing that work seriously with a partner makes you both better partners (laughs) yeah as well as better people because obviously those two things are connected yeah no therapy does not hurt either yep you know just saying yeah no great great plan yeah 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 um i feel like this is winding down i think so too 
Do you have a backwards satanic message? Uh, well, I do. All right, go off. Well, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one as well. Yeah. Hail Satan, baby. Hail Satan. Until next time. Yes. Um, this has been Speak of the Devil, the official podcast of First Church of the Morning Star. To find out more about First Church of the Morning Star, go to firstchurchofthemorningstar.com. That has uh, no dashes, no spaces. Yep. Um, we also actually have merch now. Yes. Which oh, is right. pretty fun. We have, uh, you can get a t-shirt, you can get a prayer candle. Yep. Or you can get a really soft, really cozy hoodie. Yeah, that's a really nice hoodie. It's a really fucking nice hoodie. Um, I don't even wear hoodies and I might like... You might steal my hoodie a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and we got it all through Works Printing, which is a worker-owned uh, union print-on-demand company. Yep. Uh, made in America, etc. So it is not the... You know, it's really not too expensive. Um, I was relieved. I thought, you know, like, wow, I want it to be, you know, kind of on the more ethically produced side as much as that's possible under capitalism. But, um, you know, I was concerned about the price point because most of us in the church don't have a ton of money. But, you know, T-shirt's 25, uh, the candle's 25, the hoodie's like 55, but that's kind of just what a nice hoodie costs, I guess. Yeah, it's a really nice hoodie. It is hoodie. a really nice hoodie. I should probably shut up about it, but I'm genuinely so excited for it to get cold so I can just snuggle it's up in that so thing. Cozy. Yeah. Um, and they all have our beautiful logo that was designed by our congregated friend Quinn Valentine on it. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, the theme music was, as always, Electric Mirrors. Yep. Somehow Satan got behind me. Yeah. We love that song. Anyway, hail yourselves. Hail yourselves. Bye. Bye. That was cute. That was really cute. <laughs>